One, two. Well, I'm here, everybody. I'm here and happy to announce that I had shoulder surgery two weeks ago, and I mean, look at that. Me being the uh, overzealot kind of guy I am, this week when I was feeling pretty good, I thought, I wonder if I can pull my bow. Maybe I can slip back out before the end of the season. And I pulled that bow, no problem. <laughs> Two weeks sh- pull- shoulder post-op, no pain, nothing. That's pretty unbelievable. So praise God to that. Before we get started this morning, I have a a small testimony I want to share with you. I don't know if you remember a couple weeks prior, I spoke on love and marriage and I started off by being frustrated with both of my brothers' failed marriages. So I asked you guys, if you remember, to pray for my, uh, my, my younger brother because they were separated at the time. So he's an electrical lineman and uh, he had to come out here to do some lineman school here at Mesa and got to spend dinner, you know, one evening with him. And uh, he was missing his family a lot, you know, because he was living in a different house and admitted to me he was ready to listen. So I counseled with him a little bit that day. But the first thing I planted in his mind was, You need to get your wife immersed in the waters of baptism so that she can have the gift of the Holy Spirit and be on the same playing field as you. He said, all right, all right. So I gave him a page full of scriptures on baptism, what it meant. I said, read through these at your leisure and let's talk about them. Well, I never heard from him again. And I wasn't going to push the issue with him. Uh... Well, it was just kind of discouraged, you know, that nothing ever materialized out of that. Well, just this last week, I got on the phone to text my dad. And you know how when you get on there, you can tell if somebody else is on there because the little bubbles pop up. Well, at the exact same instant I got on, my dad got on to text me. And our responses were both, are you up for a call? So we got on the phone. He said, guess what, son? I'm baptizing Kylie and his daughter into Christ this week. And I said, what? Wait, what? Tell me more. He said, well, they came to me and asked about it. And so I've been studying with them. And they uh, were baptized into the Lord this Friday. The cool part of it amongst that was I had no idea that my dad and I were both planting and watering seeds on the same flower. And God gave the increase. That just lifted my day tremendously. Um, Tremendously. Okay, on to the sermon. My sermon today is simple and straightforward. It may be a bit unorthodox. 
But that's okay, because I'm a little bit unorthodox, so I guess it works out. You probably won't hear anything new, but that's okay. Hopefully, my sermon today will encourage you. It's obvious there's a lot of deception going on right now in our world. It's become harder and harder to decipher truth, even to the point that you can get differing stories between news outlets, and that would include conservative news outlets. Our government and world leaders are gaslighting the people and sending all sorts of confusing, misdirectional items that distract us and pit us against one another. I often find myself asking the question, what is going on? Well, for the past six or seven years, I've completely immersed myself in the plethora of information that comes out on a daily news feed. To say that I'm a little bit obsessed might be an understatement. But I can't afford to be wrong about this. I got a lot riding on it. My family, my businesses, my church family. I don't want to be deceived. And I don't want you to be deceived. I wrestled hard with writing this sermon this week, you know. It was hard. I just, a lot of back and forth going, is this right? Is this right? What do I do? What do I do? So I find myself up here before you feeling very unprepared. Even though I've got seven pages of well-outlined notes here. I don't have a problem with speaking the word boldly. My main concern is how I present it to you this morning because I want to do it with love and humility and in a way that appeals to you, appeals to your soul to maybe take some action and change. For God did not give spirit of timidity but of love, power, and self-discipline. So I got the power. I love you guys. But the self-discipline, that's where I struggle. Where do I be self-disciplined? You know that song, you got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. I think that rings true for me today. Ultimately, excuse me, ultimately, my goal this morning is to have you leave here encouraged, inspired, and well-loved. You have heard it said, watch your life and doctrine closely. This, of course, was stated by the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 4. Watching closely to how we live our daily lives in accordance with God's word is essential in staving off unwanted attacks by Satan. The more closely we pay attention to our lives and our doctrine, the less chance Satan will have in deceiving us. Have you guys heard of the Great Reset or the Green New Deal? I mean, anybody, just yes, no, yes, no. Okay, some of you have, some of you haven't. Did you know that Joe Biden has sold off 7 million barrels of our emergency petroleum reserves to China. 
And he's planning to begin selling off more this month at some point. How about the Nord Stream Pipeline? You guys know what the Nord Stream Pipeline is? And that's okay if you don't, because I didn't know (laughs) until last week what it was. Apparently, Norway scientists claim that explosives were the cause of sabotaging this pipeline and thousands of gallons of natural gas spewing to the Baltic Sea right now. Well, you think cows made a lot of methane. And one of the leaks is over a mile wide, it shows in the ocean. The odd thing is that it has been largely downplayed on all media outlets, including conservative news. Some claim there's no gas even running through the pipeline. And Russia has denied this incident and hasn't shut off the gas line to date, to my knowledge. Interestingly enough, the same day this burst leak out, this leak burst out, a new pipeline was opened between Poland and Norway called the Trans-Baltic Gas Pipeline. (laughs) Man, I'm really puzzled about this. What is going on? Some, Some other interesting claims. President Putin threatens nuclear war against the West. Some say World War III has already begun. President Zelensky of Ukraine is seen attending Bill Clinton event stateside here. What? Russia annexed four regions of Ukraine Friday. The White House claims that Ukraine is winning the war. However, other sources say that Russia is winning handily. How about the Uyghur Muslims? Have you guys heard of the Uyghur Muslims? <laughs> They're a group of people, and it's been reported that an estimated 1 to 2 million Uyghur Muslims and other minority groups have been detained in Chinese prison camps since 2015. The prison camps were established to combat an alleged terrorist threat, but in these camps, people have been subjected to torture, sterilization, political indoctrination, and forced labor. I've seen videos of this where they have just rows and rows of these buildings where they house these people. And uh, they treat them like animals. China's doing the same thing with COVID, where in the middle of the night, the police will break into, into someone's house, drag them off, and put them in these quarantine camps. United Nation leaders are calling for U.S. government, for the U.S. government to place extra tax burdens on fossil fuel companies. They also propose individual consumer carbon footprint trackers, where they plant a chip in your hand for the convenience of general life transactions And it just sounds to me like the United Nations wants control over everything you do. Like the United Nations push to be the new world order, the world leaders that run everything. How about quantitative easing? Jared? Um, I'm not going to pretend to know much about that other than Quantitative easing is a monetary policy of printing money that is implemented by the central bank to energize the economy. 
The central bank creates money to buy government securities for the market in order to lower interest rates and increase the money supply. So the government has been printing money to keep the economy artificially inflated since 2007. And we are seeing the results of those policies today. They can't last forever. Uh, what's prime at now, 7%? And, and inflation. Inflation is said to be around 8%. But if you average any of the inflated items, you get with 30, 40, 100% on inflation. Why is the consumer price index <laughs> reporting such a lower number than what's actually happening? Most people I come in contact know that something is going on, but they are complacent in their thinking. It's unthinkable that anything could ever happen here in the good old U.S. of A. It seems as most are content to live their lives serving themselves while the deception is all around them. A lot of investigative journalists have become irrelevant because they do not look at our current world through the world climate through heavenly goggles. Don't let this be you. Oh, this humanitarian crisis that's going on sickens me. Visceral. Which includes horrific acts against people. To include genocide. To eliminate the Western way of life through cold-blooded murders, abortion, fentanyl, COVID, mass illegal immigration, mutilation of the platonic family unit, including elimination of traditional genders, male and female. And besides being a godless nation, we are also a fatherless nation. A few more staggering facts. Over 2 million migrants have crossed our borders this year. Venezuela is opening up their jails and sending their criminals here. We are seeing illegal immigration from not only Venezuela, but Pakistan, Somalia, Yemen, Senegal, Afghanistan, Syria, all of Asia, and all over the world. 150 countries descending on our borders. And they're not just coming from our southern border. I saw a video a while back of some people on the Florida beach just hanging out, and all of a sudden this boat rolls up, and about 12 illegal immigrants just get out and run up, run out of there. They're coming from everywhere. And it would be safe to say that every state is a border state now. The U.S. government has helped traffic and smuggle over 300,000 miners in the last year, and they're using government means to achieve their goals. And they aren't treating these kids very well, if you know what I mean. Keeping it G-rated here. Our cities are rampant with crime. In Philadelphia alone, 400 homicides have been reported in the last year and is bleeding over into smaller communities such as ours. I watched a video Friday night and I've seen a lot of these videos lately. Uh, I have a hard time watching them because they make me sick to my stomach. Um, broad daylight in 
in New York, an FDNY medic is stabbed on the street corner while there's cars going by. A delivery man on a scooter slows down, but then passes on. And I'm telling you, this was not just some stabbing. I mean, this guy was like, I'm telling you like that. Watch the whole thing on video. Minor attracted persons, or MAPS for the acronym, is now the political correct term for a pedophile. The term groomer is now considered hate speech, says NBC News. Gender affirming care. Boston's Children's Hospital did 177 gender affirming double mastectomy surgeries in recent years approximately half of them in girls aged 15 to 18. The media is not covering these surgeries, but rather encouraging them with the term gender-affirming care. Man, it seems like parents have become more passive for allowing this stuff. I wonder, where are all the dads who are willing to die for their kids so that no harm would happen to them? seems obvious to me that parents have failed to recognize this phenomenon for what it is. Most people believe it's some kind of political movement, and you're not allowed to complain, or you're a bigot. Trans people have had rights, and had them for a long time. Deaths from fentanyl overdoses in the U.S. rose from 13,000 in 2021 to 71,000. In 2022, actually that's wrong. The date's wrong, 2020 and 2021. So 13,000 deaths in 2020 and 71,000 in 2021. And, And they're saying these pills, just one pill is laced with enough fentanyl to kill us all. A lot of, a lot of teenagers, just one time they're taking a pill and, and dying from it. And they've also got these rainbow-colored fentanyl pills now that they look like sweet tarts. They're calling them sweet tarts. And it's been reported that they're dropping them in schools on the floor. Kids, if, if your parents haven't talked to you about it, don't pick up any candy that doesn't look like it's been, uh, or that's any safe. Don't pick anything up off the ground and eat it. They're reporting that stuff here in Mesa County. Are you guys getting a little bit discouraged? I mean, it's kind of hard not to be thinking about all the stuff that's going on. So you can see it's easy easy for me to ask, what is going on? People are being radicalized and many are being beat in the streets, creating fear and unrest. I saw a beating this week that took place in the New York subway where this black guy pummeled a 33-year-old woman who worked there, got her to the ground and started kicking her in the face. And uh, another employee came over to, to contest it 
And that man squared off with him and said something, and that guy took off running. Left that woman there. And then the black guy goes back, as the woman lifts her head up and is like, I'm, no more, please, no more. Kicks her in the head five or six, seven more times. To me, an even bigger question remains. Why do our leaders seem so comfortable doing all this out in the wide open? If there's, such, if there's going to be such a big red wave this fall, why have they not changed course? Instead, they're doubling down. Regardless of what you believe is going on, we can all see the need for Jesus in our world. And I have a hard time believing this country will change until we're all on our knees, and that includes our leadership. Turn with me to the book of Micah, please. From there, you guys are getting there, I'll give you a little background. This book was written by Micah to warn God's people that judgment is coming and to offer pardon to all who repent. Micah was written to the people of Israel, the northern kingdom, and of Judah, the southern kingdom. The prophet Micah lived and worked under the kings Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. During that time, Assyria attacked the northern kingdom and held it captive. Micah was troubled with the problems such as formal worship without true fear of God, idolatry, and oppression of the people by the leadership. So I'll be in Micah 7, starting in verse 2. And we'll see a brief description of their current world climate there. Starting in verse 2. The godly have been swept from the land. Not one upright man remains. All men lie in wait to shed blood. Each hunts his brother with a net. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. Apparently, there was so much deception going on that one couldn't trust their own family members. It's starting to sound a little familiar about our situation, eh? Well, let's just jump down to verse 7, Micah 7, 7, and see how Micah rallies his people. Verse 7, But as for me, I will... I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Micah does a great job recentering the people's focus. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians 6.10. 
And we better not forget about love. How in the world are we supposed to love these people? They are vile people and have no regard for human life. I read the other day that they are defiling infants in pornographic settings. Infants! It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. That's Luke 17.2. Turn with me now to Luke chapter 6. I'll be starting in verse 27. tell you who hear me love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you pray for those who mistreat you if someone strikes you on the cheek turn to him the other also if someone takes your cloak do not stop him from taking your tunic give to everyone who asks of you and if anyone takes what belongs to you do not demand it back do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Jesus goes on, In John 13, saying, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. They will know we are Christians by our love. How are they going to know? We can't stop loving our enemies. Proverbs 24, 17 and 18 says, Do not gloat when your enemy falls, when he stumbles. Do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from him. For though nobody sees it, God does. And such affections are so displeasing to him that they may provoke him to translate the calamity from the enemy unto thee, and thereby dampen thy sinful joy with a double sorrow. Verse 16 above says, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity. 
Calamity there means bad or evil and combines together in one the wicked deed and its consequences. So it says right there that the evil bring themselves down. They don't need our help. They don't need our help. They're bringing themselves down. They need our prayers. Whatever is going on, we know that God is in control and will look after his disciples. Luke 21, 17-19 says, All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. Make sure you are disciples or followers of God. And this is how we are disciples of God, by knowing and understanding and meditating on this daily. I really don't know what's going to happen, but we know that God is the ultimate victor. And I hope and pray that you will stay vigilant and replace any complacency you have with action. That concludes my message this morning. I love you guys, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Amen.